I am pumped, um, very excited. I just want to start by saying I'm grateful. I'm uh, grateful to my staff for giving me this opportunity to address a wonderful group. Um, when I'm surrounded by so many awesome people, where I'm, I'm learning from them, and I'm like, man, they're <laughs> asking me to say something. Uh, so I hope I got something good. But um, also grateful for y'all to, to be here to show up, um, do something good for yourself, just be in community with each other. Uh, but I'm excited just to share uh, a staff meeting at the end of last semester. We're talking about what we liked from last semester, what went well within, you know, what we want to emphasize this next one. And uh, prayer was one of those things that we talked about and we wanted to emphasize some more. So we'll be talking about prayer. This is the prayer emoji. If you tell me, it is a high five emoji. The exits are one to my left and one in the back. Um, but, um, I'm excited. I think the three points for this, I just want to emphasize God. I want to emphasize who God says that you are. And then just put a spotlight on some teaching that Jesus has given us in the book of Matthew. So, it's beautiful. I think we should start with God. Um, I feel like if God isn't the focus of our prayer, then we've missed it. If he is not the number one reason why we're praying, then we have missed part of prayer for sure. Um, so, I just want to start off with emphasizing the three O's. Um, by the way, I went back. The three O's of God being omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Like, I think for me, when I was growing up, I saw as, as the more I understood God and his power, the more important prayer was to me. The more I saw God's love for me, the more I saw how powerful he was, how much he wanted a relationship with me, the more I realized, oh, this, this prayer thing is important. And like, he is omni-everything. Like, he is literally creator of us, of every single one of us, of the whole world, and we are asking him to listen and hear us and to move on our behalf. And it just blows my mind. If I sit in that for more than 30 seconds, it just it blows my mind to think that we have that at our fingertips. That this the creator of everything wants to hear us. He wants to, to know what's going on. Um, and it is, it is just Fantastic. I, I think of uh, Psalm 24 when I was preparing this. And um, that's one where King David writes, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Who is he? The King of glory, the Almighty Lord. He is the King of glory. I think about in Revelation, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, it is. It blows my mind that we have a creator like that who's all-powerful and that he wants to know us. And I think sometimes it can be a little intimidating. Um, sometimes I think we can, we can sort of think, like, who, who am I? Who, who am I, David, to approach someone like that, to approach God's throne? Um, I know in all, in all my mistakes and all my failures and all my shortcomings, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to run. <laughs> I have a tendency to hide. I have a tendency to say, man, I, I am not worthy. I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't have the right to, to, to speak to God, like to let him know my problems, to ask him to do something for me. Um, but it is a beautiful thing that God cares more 
about a relationship than he does our religion. I think it's good to know the rules, but it's better to know the ruler. It is, it shows up over and over again that God, God cares more about knowing you than that you follow a book of rules. Uh, I think immediately I was reminded of John 15. And in a piece of that, John is talking to his disciples. And, and he says, I no longer call you servants, because servants do not know the master's business, but instead I call you friend. And it, it I mean, it puts a massive smile on my face every time. That God in flesh came down and he calls us his friend. Like he just wants to live with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. Um, I was thinking about that. And I wanted to share a little bit of one of my best friends. Uh, so if you believe it, the guy wearing 24 in this is me. Both of these. Um, with the hair and uh, with a lot of hair in another location. All of the beard. Um, but I, um, I dare anyone in this room, guy or girl, um, I, started, I decided that the uh, first day of practice basketball season, I wouldn't shave my beard until the season was over. So six months later, I realized I made a big mistake. But, um, but I show this slide not to show my ridiculous phases of college growth and maturity, but instead to talk about this guy. His name is Buzz Anthony. Um, his real name's Connor. So he decided to go by Buzz, because that's much cooler. Um, but Buzz was my roommate for four years in college. He was my best friend in college. He was my point guard. I was his center. I think easily more than half my points came off of him passing me the ball. I don't know if that was something with my other teammates or if we just had really good chemistry. But uh, like this is my guy. Um, <laughs> I am... You know, this, this couch picture, it's um, nothing super sentimental or topical for this, this time tonight. I just want to share a dumb story. Um, it was middle of winter, snowing, it was like five inches. And um, we were just walking back and walking along the street, and Buzz was like, yo, couch. And I'm like, Buzz, that couch is disgusting. And he's like, nah, dude, it's awesome. It's a good couch. It'll fit in our room. I'm like... Buzz, we can barely stand in the room at the same time together. And he's like, dude, we'll just move the beanbag. It'll be good. I'm like, no, you're my friend. I'll do it. So we carried a disgusting couch about a mile back to our dorm room while it was snowing about five inches already. Um, then we got in the light, and Buzz was like, dude, this couch is disgusting. <laughs> What's wrong with you? So... Ended up, what do you do when you have a disgusting couch that you've carried around with snow? You obviously play a, play a prank on your teammates who live across the hall. So we propped up this disgusting couch, all its pillows and everything, on our, we had four freshmen on the basketball team that year. Um, we just propped it up, so, you know, at that, we did this at like 2 a.m. So the next morning, they just wake up to go to his bathroom, and bam, there's a couch in your room. Um, so... <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, pretty fun memory. We love, we were pranksters together. We did everything together. Um, I think we, we racked up a total of like four stolen mattresses from our teammates. We just wouldn't like hide them in the science building on campus. I'm super sidetracking just because 
this is awesome. But this is my this is my best friend from college. This is my guy. Like I love that dude. He loves me. And after we finished playing basketball at Randolph Macon, uh, he got to go play professionally overseas in Germany. So that's where he is now. He's averaging like 17 and 7 in the professional German league. He's only 5'10. He's a beast. Um, but he, he's awesome. And a cool thing that we do is every Monday at 3 o'clock, we FaceTime. So it's, it's on the schedule every week. I know I'm going to see this guy for at least an hour. Um, and you know, no more than a week will go by without seeing him, which is awesome. Just because, I mean, we care about each other. It's a great friendship, like this awesome dude. Um, but as well, you know, out of nowhere, it could be like 4 o'clock, and I just get a text, you know, Fortnite question mark? <laughs> Yes. So, you know, there's also just fluidity, like I text someone, something fun happens, you know, if, if I'm going through a struggle of any kind, I know I can call them. Like, there have been many weeks where it's been more than just one call a week, just because, like, we've lived probably the most growthful years together so far, just like doing everything together. You know, I want to keep that friendship. And so I think it's, it's beautiful that we have a system in place to where we make sure we don't go a week without talking to each other. But we also just, there's spontaneity, we can, we can call each other. And, and it's wonderful just because we know there's that freedom to it. And I think sometimes we forget that we can have that same aspect about prayer with God. That there's an importance to having a system, having habits, having something in place where you know that you're going to have your time with God, even if it's once a week to start your day, whatever, there's a habit in place where you get that. But you can also have spontaneity to it. Like you also go to God when you need a friend, when you need someone to hear you, when you're excited. Like, he's there for all of it. Um, you know, I kind of think of like, it, you know, no one really enjoys brushing teeth or washing dishes. If you do, wow, that's, that's a blessing, that's wonderful. Nathan Toes. I forget to do both of those. And, um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully our first one too much. Although I can't remember today. But that's not what this is about. Um, <laughs> it is about prayer. And I think it's, it's beautiful when you have the systems in place. Like it's, it's something just menial through the day. Like you brush your teeth to stay healthy. You wash the dishes so your house doesn't look disgusting. I clean my clothes so, you know. I have nice clothes, well, decently nice clothes. Um, <laughs> but it's just what you do to stay healthy, to stay running. And then also, you know, I'll go to like Top Golf for fun. So I'm maybe like, we have that same aspect of prayer where we have systems in place to stay healthy, but we also can turn to God at any time and every time. Um, so I think an example of this, I, I do want to give kind of a point example in my life, is each morning I do pray. Like I just take time, it doesn't have to be anything long. Just at least 30 seconds, um, but that's a daily routine for me. I start my day, I want God to be a part of, of my day as I go about it, so I invite him into it when I first wake up. Uh, but I also have a prayer journal where I, I made a, it's a, kind of like a rule, ironic, because I, I gave myself a rule to make sure that I wouldn't give myself any rules. Um, I have a journal that I only write in it whenever I want to journal in prayer to God. Like, I don't, there's no pressure to do it weekly, every day, whatever it is. Like, 
I go, I look back and three months have gone by and I didn't write anything and then I write 17 times in one week. Like there's just complete fluidity and freedom to journal and pray to God. Um, and it's, it's just a beautiful thing because it's a system in place and I have that freedom to just, just journal. And it's, it's exciting and it's good. Um, so I hope, I hope that it is, as I speak, it feels more and more real as we talk about relationship over a religion and who God is, who he says we are, we are his friend, that prayer would feel more of, an, less, less of an obligation, more of an outcome. Like, I stay in touch with Buzz because I love that guy. I want to. Our system that we put in place, me just being in touch with him is an outcome of wanting him in my life. So I hope that prayer more and more in your life would seem like an outcome instead of an obligation. You want, you desire God's presence in your life. You want him to move in your life and be an active force. Uh, opposed to just, ah, I gotta, gotta do this nonsense. But it's not, it's wonderful. Um, so I hope we have a, a desire for it. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't want anyone to be left with like, well, what do I do with this? What do I do with this passion, this excitement, like this thing? I want to connect with the creator of the entire universe. Um, and it is beautiful that Jesus tells us exactly how to. He gives us instruction, teaches us. In uh, Matthew 6, we jump in and part the way through the Sermon on the Mount, which you know, Jesus does a bunch of miracles. He teaches through parables and stories. And then I feel like the Sermon on the Mount is him just like, I'm going to spit facts real quick. Like, I'm going to just... Say it how it is. This is objective, objective fact. I'm just teaching right here. Um, so we jump into it with the Lord's Prayer. I'm like, get the heck out of there. Because I think there's a paragraph before it that we just skip over a lot of times. Either we read Matthew 6, or we don't until we're 22 years old. Um, <laughs> and then... We finally get to it, and there's this paragraph that comes before it, that comes before the Lord's Prayer that a lot of us might already know. Um, and how that goes. Uh, Nathan, I need some water. Could you actually read this for us? <gasps> okay, here we go. Uh, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they receive your reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father, who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray them like this. I think when I finally read through Matthew 6 for the first time on my own instead of just like reciting the Lord's Prayer before a game or something, which is good but I finally actually read it for myself. This was more profound to me than the actual Lord's Prayer at this point because I had never actually heard this or been taught like, how to go into prayer. Um, so I think it's beautiful and when you pray you, we're going to stop and just say when you pray. I do love that Jesus says when you pray, the, rec the records that we have, NIV, e uh, ESV, you know, LTL, VSWX, all of them. I think the ones that I've looked at, it's, it's when you pray. And I think 
when I when I hear Jesus saying it, it's it's in a posture of like, well, this is this is what we do, like when we pray. It's 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 because you care to connect with God. It's not the obligatory. It's like, well, we just do it because that's what we do when we're close with God. Um, but when you pray, and I love this section because I feel like it addresses our heart posture and our motivation behind prayer so much. Just to read the first part again. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners. They may be seen by others. I feel like Jesus, when I read this first one, I don't interpret it as God saying the group prayer is, is bad. Like, I, I don't hear him saying that you shouldn't pray with others, and like us praying as a group right now would be a bad thing. I hear him saying if your motivation is based in others, then, then you're missing it. Then you're doing it for the wrong purposes. He calls out that others are not our motivation for praying. So just eliminate it. Like, go. Be alone. Close the door. Like, I had never thought about it before. I had never done it before until I read it. Of, like, just go close the door. Be alone in my room for as long as I need to with God. Um, but I love it. He literally instructs us how to do it. Um, and then this next paragraph. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I, I also, I don't hear Jesus saying, ah, you know, I only have five minutes for our session this time. You know, this guy just keeps on going. Like, I don't hear Jesus saying, like, I don't want to know what's going on in your life. I am calling out that me, sometimes I'm like, I just ramble, I'm like, oh, that was, that sounded good. That was really eloquent. I, I used a big word in that. Like, he's calling out, if my motivation for prayer is to make me feel better about myself, then I've also missed it, just a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm off the mark in that. Because we can rest that God already knows it. He's got, he's got, he's got it all. So in this first paragraph, in, in this first, this section before the Lord's Prayer, I see Jesus call out our motivation for prayer is not found in others and caring about what others think of us. It's not even worried about what we think of us. The motivation is found in God and focusing on Him. So as we do get into the Lord's Prayer, I love the content and the order that we find this in. Um, so some might, might not already know it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation. I love it because, one, I feel like if we just, if we pray this each morning, like, we won. Like, plus one. Our day is better. We have done an amazing thing. Like, it's good. Um, but also in the same way he teaches us how to pray, he gives us an outline. So, I love to break it down, just our first section, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And this is where it, it comes so much back to, if it's not focus on God first, we've missed it. Jesus teaches us first to put our eyes on God, to exactly take some time, hallowed be your name, just praise God, we love you so much, you are wonderful, you are perfect, um, and just rest in that for a minute. Start off your prayer just... Knowing God is good, He loves you, He's on your side, He's for you. Uh, and jumping into that, I, I read 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, just to stir up a longing for this eternity that we have. Just take a second there to rest in knowing that your eternity is in this perfect place that we get to go to one day and long for it to be here more on earth as we see it. And verse 11 is, is by far my favorite part of it. Give us this day our daily bread. I, just, I love to emphasize that Jesus never asks us to ask for monthly bread or even weekly bread or even bread for today or tomorrow. It's today. Ask God just to provide for what you need today to get through today. In Matthew 6, Jesus also says later in the same chapter, worry about today for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. We can rest and just getting done today what we need to today. And he goes into, and forgive us for our debts is also we've forgiven our debtors. I do think there is a healthy piece of, kind of looking our mistakes in the face and knowing that they don't define us. Like there's, there's a power to that of just being able to say we know we are forgiven, we know we have fallen short. Um, and lastly, just to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, so I hope, I hope that we're able to take some time to meditate on it, of just praise God, long for our heavenly eternity, pray for provision, forgiveness, and protection in this. Um, so, you know, I was, I was thinking for a while, it feels like no activity, or no, no time together would be good without, you know, an activity to just put it in motion. Go ahead and, you know, do something about it, jump into it. And I didn't really think of anything we could do. <laughs> so, the challenge though, there is, there is a couple, one thing you could do tonight, but really my challenge to you is to start putting this into action. To pray each day, to ask God for your daily bread. Um, tonight, even, close the door. Go be alone with God. I know it's, I think for me in college, one of the biggest challenges was just find a space to be alone. To just get away from someone. I know it's, um, you know, it's tough when you're surrounded by so many awesome people, but it is important that in each day we find some time to be alone. So the challenge for me to you is to start doing that. I say in the morning, um, that's when I do it because it is wonderful to just pray for your daily bread before the day has even begun. Um, but also, I do want to emphasize from our staff team the, the prayer cards that, that we put on the seats um, our staff team, we do pray for that every Friday. We hop on a Zoom call for at least 30 minutes, and we pray for anything that is written down. Uh, and we want to. We really want to pray for you. We do believe that there is power in praying to the creator of everything to move on your behalf in any struggle and any praise that you have. Um, so as we as a staff team want to put more of an emphasis on that and on prayer, uh, our ask is that if you feel comfortable Leave totally anonymous, or you put your name, either way. But we want to be a, a campus that is rooted in prayer, that we pray first about anything, any decision as we move forward. Um, so that is, that is an ask for you as well in that. If, if you feel comfortable, uh, let us pray for you. Um, um, but lastly, I will also invite you that I will be doing prayer walks every Friday morning at 7 o'clock for this semester. I will make it pretty simple. I'm going to start here in the parking lot, 
But uh, if you are free and excited to do that, and excited to pray for this campus, for your college students, for your friends, your peers, even people that you don't know, I will be out there in the parking lot at 7 o'clock in the morning every Friday. And we're just going to walk and pray for the locker rooms, for the campus, for the fields, for anyone that comes to mind, and just cover this campus in prayer, and that people will be moved and want to have deeper relationships with Christ. So, I hope, that, I hope that you feel excited about prayer, that you feel excited that it is something we get to do, not that we have to do, um, and that you're reminded of who God is, who he says you are, and that we have instruction and know how to do it. So, thank you very much for listening. And